Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Owen Kate, like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kolsick, turned as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. And uh, Noel, how is your last, uh, you know, week here, pre-midterms gone? Has that been your focus? That's been very much my focus. It's been kind of my focus. My focus has also been, Kate, we didn't get one trick-or-treater. That's not wrong. It's super wrong. And I was very upset about it. We didn't even get one teenager who was just like, I'm going to put on a sheet and be a ghost. No, we didn't even get that. We got nothing. And so my person and I were very frustrated by that because I had bought two bags of candy. She had bought two boxes of fruit snacks and some glow bracelets to give out to for kids who have allergies mm-hmm. and nothing, nothing. So now we have two bags of chocolate and about 16 packets of fruit, fruit, fruit snacks to work through and more than 50 glow bracelets to use. <laughs> Can any of these be returned? We've already opened everything because we had to put it into the had to put them into things to distribute for easily. Yeah. So yeah, no, we can't return anything. Um, so that was really disappointing. And then the other disappointing thing for me, and that is TV related, haha, is that I pre-ordered after they extended the production order of um, Batman the Animated Series on Blu-ray because originally it was only going to be like thirty thousand uh, units, and they expanded it to seventy thousand. So I was just like, yes, pre-ordered. And then my retailer was just like, wow, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it's backordered. We don't have any for you right now. Uh, so if we don't have anything for you in 10 days, we'll give you a refund. And I just went, that is not how this works. Also, this is not great. But I'm also glad I didn't get it from Amazon because apparently Amazon was just shipping them in bubble mailers. Have you seen the box for this thing? No. What it's it a like? really nice box. Oh, okay. um, they're just shipping it in bubble mailers and people are getting severely damaged cases enough that Mark Hamill is tweeting about it and very upset <laughs> that people are getting to enjoy Batman, the animated series in high def and remastered and all cleaned up and all this sort of really great stuff. Um, so fingers crossed, I actually get a copy, but uh, fingers crossed, Kate, uh, how's your week been? Did you get any trick or treaters at all? Yes. Uh, and actually, uh, I was I was I was manning the door at my parents' place because they were both going to be gone, um, and my my dad actually got home ap- right after the big burst of of children. So hour and a half of nothing, half mm-hmm. hour of fairly decent but still kind of light foot traffic, then mm-hmm. another hour of nothing, and then another second wave. Um, and so my dad got home for the last bit, and he was gonna. Like we used with the bowl, and he was like, "Okay, I guess we gotta go to the second bag." And he's getting ready to open. I was like, "Nah, ha ha, wait," because in previous years I have done that, and then there's been no more trick or treaters, and I just opened a bag. So we, uh, there, there, we never got another trick or treater, and so there is now a completely sealed bag, which hopefully they will actually return to the store. I've told them they should just return it because they don't want to eat any of it. They have plenty yeah. of other goodies around the house, right? And they're like, oh, "I don't know." I was like, "No." That is why they have return departments. There's nothing wrong with returning extra stuff if you don't use it, if you don't open it. It's totally okay. I will say, though, that my favorite um, 
thing that I saw people giving out was apparently it was from Cards Against Humanity. Uh, oh dear God, please vote can't gummy worms. <laughs> they were like orange packages with black text about oh please dear sweet baby Jesus. Though I'm sure they didn't actually invoke sweet baby Jesus. Um, vote this Tuesday, and and then there were like those those like uh, sour gummy worms in them, which actually yeah. were pretty good. So I was like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. That would have been awesome. So uh, props to Cards Against Humanity. That sounds really nice. And I'm I'm glad I didn't buy those because otherwise we would have had even more stuff in the house. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing I've been doing is uh, fighting mold and, and, and can doing construction today because there's a whole thing. So uh, I managed to, as I told, already told Noel off mic, uh, managed to walk into a cupboard uh, because normally there's a cupboard at like, you know, arm like waist height, like a, a down, like a bottom cupboard. And then there's a top cupboard, right? And I don't hit the top cupboard because the bottom cupboard is there. So when I walk around the corner, I see the bottom cupboard and I go, oh, that's right. And then it's fine. We'd had to take out the bottom cupboard so we could peel at the floor so we could replace it's the whole thing. Uh, and so that meant that I took the corner way too narrow and walked directly into a very unfortunate corner. And uh, I can, like my face feels weird because it's I already have an egg on my head and like the skin is stretched you know so it's just yeah. like it, it, it will be fine I'm sure I will have a fun colored thing that I get to explain to my students on Sunday but um this is what happens when you don't do your drills <laughs> exactly exactly anyways um as I you can tell by the fact that I was you know fighting against mold and prying up like planks of of, of particle board and uh, plywood and, you know, all sorts of two by fours and all this stuff. Uh, I'm feeling much better. Even though if I don't sound it, I'm feeling much better. I, I feel like a person. Noel. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. It is. I'm hoping it, we're in November. I was just sick for most of October. Yeah. Well, just please, when you go back to do more uh, construction work, please wear a hard hat. Yeah, I should. Clearly, I can't be trusted. I was, I it was hilarious because every time that I bent down to like you know take hit the hammer with the other hammer, put pry it out, the whole thing. I, every time before I stood up, I was like, and we're scanning. There are, I'm in the middle of a room. There's no cupboards. Why would there be any cupboards in the middle of a room? But I'm still checking. Go oh no, there. those cu- those cupboards will sneak up on you. They will. They're tricksy that way. So that's what my week ha- has been. It's been very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Well. I don't just ice everything, okay? Later today, I will. That's I should do that. I haven't done that. I should get the old bag of peas. That'll probably yeah. be a good call. So, and yeah. maybe maybe later tonight. Um, but we should get to our week of TV because we're gonna keep try to keep it. I say try because <laughs> you all know yeah. how successful we are. That we're gonna try to keep it on the short side because I got to get back to construction. Um, and uh, there's a little bit of TV news, but not too much. We also want to say shout out to Vince who asked about. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. We're going to talk about that as our uh, a segment, our, our spotlight segment this week, our season spotlight. Uh, so we'll have lots of thoughts on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina season one at the end of the show. Um, and Vince will talk about your thoughts there and, and whether we think you should keep watching. Uh, but we also heard from Susan. So thank you for reaching out, Susan, about the audio quality a couple episodes ago. There were mitigating circumstances to how we were recording. Hopefully that is no longer an issue. Um, but we appreciate hearing from you, Susan. And listeners, anytime there's something up with your episode of the podcast, if the feed isn't working right or if like you, it's like you can't hear everybody or there's some some audio issue or... I don't know what else it could be. The, the the chapter breaks aren't working. Any of that stuff, please do reach out and let us know because obviously I think it's working, which is why I put it out that way. So um, 
if, if there's something going wrong, I probably don't know about it. <laughs> so I appreciate being told. Yeah. So let us know, please. Let us know. And we, we do strive to have better audio quality than we did a couple weeks ago. And uh, hopefully that will not be an issue again, but so it goes. And hopefully, again, hopefully you're hearing our dulcet tones, Susan, loud and clear. Um, there was a little bit of news. I, I figured we should mention, um, considering all the various cancellations happening at Netflix, Bojack Horseman did get renewed for another season. So that's exciting for, for Bojack fans. And one of these days I will catch up on it. I do like the show. It's just, you know, I have to be in that headspace and I haven't been in that headspace for a while. Um, so I'm curious what you think about that. I'm also curious what you think about this news that uh, Naomi Watts is going to be the, the lead of the new Game of Thrones prequel series. And I was like, oh, damn it. I'm going to actually have to watch it now. Ah, uh, so the BoJack news, I'm glad for BoJack fans. Um, I still haven't even watched, like, I think 10 minutes of BoJack. Uh, so I'm like, good for BoJack and those creatives. I'm glad they're still work. Um, as for the Naomi Watts things, I can't remember the last time I watched Naomi Watts in anything. Um, despite liking her, but I just I don't like that universe, so I'm not compelled to go and watch a prequel series about it. So, meh? Fair enough. Was fair my enough. response to that news. I feel bad for people who, <laughs> like you, feel compelled to go watch this now, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch Naomi Watson just about anything. She was amazing on Twin Peaks The Return, uh, and that, that's the most recent thing I've seen her in, but she's she's always good, so that's very, that's, you know, that's name casting that's they a uh casting choice of we know we need to get people back and get to get them excited to to really check out like there's a small set who no matter what it was would watch but there are plenty of others who are maybe ready to be done with game of thrones and that's was certainly me so that's definitely gonna reel me back in uh, at least initially we'll see if they can sustain my interest um but that will wrap up our news. And unless there's something else, we should head into our week in TV. So uh, we're going to just have one week in TV segment, and then we'll head into our spotlight segment after that. So we're not talking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend this week. I think It seems like they're still kind of transitioning into what the next thing is going to be. So I'm sure we'll check in soon. But you know I was going to, like, I had to use some of the music. I didn't even use the music last week. I had to use the music this week because they had pretzels that sang a song and is delightful. And we all need sound, sound of Silence pretzels in our lives, I think. So please enjoy this lovely song from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And we'll be back with our week in TV right after this. pretzels that is all we are this woman's obsession with us is frankly quite bizarre we used to simply be a starchy snack that people ate but now we are a symbol such is our twisted fate we've been smothered in the mustard of her quest for happiness there's a lot of pressure on us this we must confess We didn't ask to be in charge of someone's mental state Just let us be some happy carbs Spare us this twisted fate We've been assaulted by her yearning To make her life a cogent tale Ah, oh, the delights of singing pretzels uh, We're back with the Delivers it's and It's twisted <laughs> exactly exactly um this week in tv we're going to talk a bit about uh patriot act with Hasan minaj 
uh, which is on Netflix, uh, Affirmative Action in Saudi Arabia, where the two episodes that are out so far. It's, it's uh, I guess, releasing uh, every Sunday, new episodes every Sunday. I'm going to talk very briefly about Busy Tonight uh, on E!, which is the new Busy Phillips show. Um, Noel is very curious, so... Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. Then uh, we'll talk a bit about The Good Place, A Fractured Inheritance. Before I talk, uh, we move on to genre, and I, or sorry, drama, and I talk about The Bodyguard Season 1 on Netflix, and we'll run things out with genre with Doctor Who, Arachnids in the UK, DC's Legend of Tomorrow, Witch Hunt, and Supergirl, Man of Steel. So it's time to check back in there. So first up is Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Uh, did you see the little um, uh, Hassan and um, uh, Tan thing that they did? Uh, that Netflix did, where where uh, Tan from Queer Eye helps uh, Hassan pick out an outfit. No, I didn't see that. It's delightful. I highly okay. recommend it. It's about ten minutes. Go, go seek it out. Okay. Um, what did you think of Patriot Act? I liked it. Um, I appreciated like sort of the acknowledgement that it's a very woke TED Talk, um, mm-hmm. given its whole even like multimedia experience of we have screens that respond like a Prezi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I'm talking, um, which I think is a good way to differentiate what they're doing, which is uh, 30 minutes on a particular topic that is informative and comedic and with a defined point of view from Minaj um, that I think offers up really good laughs um, in a lot of places that and a voice that I think, again, helps differentiate from other sort of late night air quotes in this case since you can watch it whenever you feel like it mm-hmm. type of thing um but it's funny it's uh sharp i think um and i'm eager for more and yeah i don't th- i don't necessarily think it's as strong as like um white snack show mm-hmm. um and but in part i think that's just a tonal thing for me uh, and also just like a segment cut up type of thing as well um, where I like Snacks format a little bit more. But in general, I think this is a pretty strong sort of entry point. But again, it after like um, Michelle's show, I'm just like, okay, but how much are you really going to commit to this Netflix? I don't mm-hmm. want to get invested again. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm feeling with is like, I, I like this, but I don't want to get invested again. Um, do you have that same trepidation with this? Uh, how did you feel about it? Um, I like White Snack Show much better. Yeah. I like Michelle Wolf's show better, but I still mm-hmm. like the show. Um, and for me, the the break uh, with Michelle Wolf had much higher highs and lower lows. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely laughed more with the break that I did with this. Uh, and some of it is I'm not huge on the delivery and some of the joke sure. style. It feels very. Um, it, it's his voice, as far as I can tell. I'm not super familiar with the stand up, but. Um, some of it just, it really, uh, it felt smug, some of it. It yes. felt yeah. uh, very simplifying, whereas White Snack Show was, if anything, going over and away, ab- over and above and beyond to make sure that we were not simplifying things and not taking shortcuts and we're really considering every, like, side of something, every, like, dimension you could view every lens you could view a situation through this there are times where i felt like yeah but okay i agree with you but i feel like there are elements to this you are not really interested in engaging with because that would take too much time or because the argument there is uh stupid but 
you know, you can understand why people have a valid point of view. Like there were just some some just moments where I was like, yeah, but you're you're under undermining yourself by not respecting the other side of this discussion or it, not the other side, but another side of this or another aspect or element. So it was a bit um, condescending, I think at times, or it might just be the delivery. Uh, you know me, I love an earnest delivery. So uh, yeah, true. <laughs> that, that, and his is definitely not that. No, no, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. And the, I, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the thing with uh, like the, with, with Tan from, from queer eye and it i felt like watching that i got a very strong sense of uh menage's uh like comedic style and and uh like his 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 rhythm and the his delivery and then i was just feeling that all over this and so it just felt like a stand-up sure. approach but i wasn't laughing and he was theoretically talking about significant geopolitical issues. But, you know, I felt like, you know, so, so it, it, for me, it was, it didn't quite come together yet. It hasn't yet. And maybe it will more over the course of the season. I will definitely keep watching. And, and, you know, I, I enjoy the, I think the, it gets right a lot more than it gets wrong. Um, but whereas I, whereas I, I left what's next show thinking more, engaging more and, considering things I would never would have thought of and perspectives I wouldn't have, have engaged with and questioning what I know more. This one I left I felt like my mind was closed <laughs> rather than opened by watching sure. it. And that it could just be a me thing, but it it's not the impulse oh. in myself. I want to feed, you know what I mean? Right. And I don't think it's just a you thing. I think like going back to Minaj's sort of joking characteristic of this as a TED Talk is that a lot of what tends to come through in TED Talks, especially for me, is that sort of closeness of this, the presentation being sort of within and of itself, closed circuit almost, which is why I don't watch a lot of TED Talks. Mm -hmm. um, and there's definitely that element of of it present here. And I think that's sort of like the difference that you get with, um, uh, versus like Synax program or even, um, uh, to a certain extent, like last week tonight as well. Um, since last week tonight uses opposing arguments to sort of prop up what their particular perspective is, um, a little more effectively than I think Minaj's does, but, um, problem, problem areas, at least, sort of represents an empathetic sort of approach to those opposing views most of the time. Yeah. Um, not all the time, and rightly so in some of those cases, uh, than it does here. So I think that that's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's like, it's, it's sort of preaching to the choir to a certain extent, um, but in a way that feels much more overt than Last Week Tonight often does. Yeah. And to the energy of the break of, I could do this, but I don't want to do that. Instead, yeah. I'm going to do this. <laughs> it was very much in my style. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is delightful and refreshing and wonderful. <laughs> so so that's just, I think it was more my personal style than this one is. But uh, yeah, I will sure. definitely keep watching. And I think it's worth checking out. Certainly, uh, I, I appreciate the unrepentant, uh, I think, for lack of a better word, 
brownness of of Minaj and uh, and references and like there's he takes the time to do a parenthetical comma and explain some of his terminology he's using, but other stuff he doesn't. He just is like, I assume that you understand what I mean, and if you don't, yeah. you have Google. Let's be honest, your second screening while you're watching this that's definitely happening so we're just gonna keep moving uh which is which is i think pretty awesome and something that i I, it feels like this is his voice and and while i'm super with you about not getting over invested in a netflix show like this because they have not shown that they can be trusted with this kind of a a program uh i think that even just one season of a show like this is a good step in in not only have not only valuing super white people and in late night but in talk shows in general and uh it's different perspectives and it's something that i hope to continue learning uh and like the the, the little rant he does about toilet paper uh is delightful and wonderful and a perspective i had not considered so Sure. Something that I appreciated. And I'm sure that, I mean, I appreciate the first topic is affirmative action. The second talk, topic is Saudi Arabia. I will be very interested to see which topics are of interest to the show each week and, yeah. and following that as well. So any final thoughts on Patriot Act? No, but um, you had mentioned uh, whiteness and late night talk shows. And so tell me about Busy Tonight. Okay. <laughs> Busy Phillips, which is is yeah. lovely. I'm a yeah. big fan of Busy Phillips, and we talent, all are. She, she's a very talented actor as well. I, I'm always happy when she shows up and thinks I'm watching. Uh, people know her very much as Michelle Williams' best friend too, because her their their no, no, no. stories. Michelle Williams is her best friend. Well, it, de- <laughs> de- it depends on who you ask, uh, yeah. but. <laughs> Lovely, wonderful social media as well. And so I was very excited when I found out she was getting a talk show. I was like, Busy Phillips is getting her own show? That's awesome. And uh, so I put this in the the rundown like weeks ago when I first heard about it. I was very excited. And I'm not going to watch it again. (laughs) And maybe it gets better after the first episode. But it is very much structured as a, let's just hang out with your best friend who's famous. Um, and hang out with, uh, like, face people and just, uh, we're relatable too. And have some self-care. And, uh, here's my Oprah phone. Oprah has the number. And, uh, we just, you know, one of these days, hopefully she'll call. And that's it. Just like, you yeah. know, going for a supreme relatableness and very, uh, just trying to channel spending time with your good friend. Not uh-huh. a celebrity. So, like, the first episode, she brought Mindy Kaling on, and they just hung out for a while and talked about nothing. And, uh, nothing. Well, like, but just, like, like Seinfeld is a show about nothing, even though it's a show about lots of things, actually. Um, it's about everything, kind of. Um, it, but just going for a very chill, relaxed, de-stressing vibe, very actively through just mundanity. And I thought that it's, there may be times where it is very soothing depending how stressed you are, like, eh, depending on how Tuesday goes, maybe I'll be watching some busy tonight on Wednesday. But uh, in general, for me, it just, it just is so privilegy. So, mm-hmm. I have nothing better to do with my time than watch rich people hang out for a half hour and just, like, just do nothing. But so, so I, I mean, that's, that's E's whole brand, Kate. Yeah, very possibly. And there, they, they need new episodes. I want to say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, half hour. Yeah. So it's like a daily thing, which yeah. I didn't Phillips, 
Phillips uh, was on Colbert right before this premiered and discussed that she wanted to be on as many nights as possible. Okay, and yeah, to make like, that. Let's just do one. Let's so, just do one. And Busy was like, no, we're going to do four. Because it feels very much like a daytime talk show. Like, that feel. Like, she's going for that, like, your friend kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Like, the kind of thing that, that Oprah and other people have cultivated where it's like, there's a famous person, but, like, you feel like you know them and all that really cultivating that relationship with her audience. She, yeah. I like that she had her writers out, friend introduced her writers to the audience, and, like, every person who came out, their their Twitter handle was there and their name and everything, so you can engage with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for just not not for me. But I think that people, if anybody is watching, like, ooh, so just, like, hanging out and just shooting the shit. With with busy tonight, no hard hitting questions, no like, but like, here's a dog. This dog is really cute. Yeah. Like some some people will be like, oh, that's perfect, and enjoy the show. This is a show for you. This is just it's just it's not, not a show for me. I'm not. Oh, I have so many other things to be doing with my life, um, and I no judgment on people for whom this will be good self care and good like way to shut off your brain. And when you need to, you know, you need to pull in and you need to canceled all the noise everywhere else and this is like nice soothing white noise like i get it um and yay for the people involved in getting money uh busy phillips having having a day job that's great i mean because for me <laughs> her actual job this is her actual job this isn't her day job this is her job but like i think of all the other acting she does <laughs> as her as her job but um that's disrespectful so i shouldn't say that uh, it's just i just kept waiting for there to be more because I think she's actually very, very smart and very interesting and uh, has a lot to say. And based on the first episode, that is not what this is. So yeah. I, I was just kind of disappointed. But, like, I get what she's going for. And I think the, it, it could do really well. It may just blip and go away. But it also, I could see it finding an audience. Um, so, yeah. Sort of reminded me of a chiller... Rosie O'Donnell, like what Rosie went for in the right. back in the day with her show, uh, sure. Queen of Nice and everything. Um, but this is a half hour format. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Any of this interesting to you? No, not at all. I mean, I was going to check it out, like, but I just ran out of time this this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I also saw your note of saying what it's not good. So I just went, eh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so like she like she goes like she walked everybody around her set for the first part of the show. So let's introduce uh-huh. you to my set. This is a chair. Yeah. And this is and so like the, and this is a thing. And this is my phone for Oprah. And this I have books and there's art. And someone's knit cross-stitched me a thing. And so if you give me a gift, then maybe it'll show up on my set. You know, like that kind of thing. Which again, just that tactile, very deliberate, very mindful pacing is exactly mm-hmm. what some people will will find soothing about the show. And it's exactly what I was like, okay, but when are we gonna we're not this is what it is okay you are achieving your goal this is just not a show for me so yeah that's where i'm at with it but uh people to whom that sounds that sounds engaging and sounds like your speed enjoy go check it out uh let's move on to the good place and a fractured inheritance and okay here's where i'm at with the good place right now uh this is a solid episode this is a good episode i enjoyed what we got I'm also ready for it to be done now. Can we go back to anything else? Because I'm not interested in this new version of the show. And I hope that it's almost done. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It was weird. Um, It's just such a episode of television 
type of thing. And a part of this is just like we both really love The Good Place. And it's capable of some really intense highs, both comedically, but also emotionally, but also philosophically. And Fractured Inheritance doesn't really achieve any of those things. Like, it's a very flat sort of episode. And that's that's kind of troubling, um, especially when you're at episode seven, which means we don't have that much left. And the... It's it's instructive, I think, to look at like the Ballad of Donkey Doug and this episode together, since the Ballad of Donkey Doug and Fractured Inheritance are basically essentially the same episode of we need to go and help this person. And um but the difference is that Ballad of Donkey Doug thrives on the energy that we haven't met Donkey Doug before. And that we get we gain insight through Donkey Dog about Jason that we previously just kind of didn't have before. And Jason develops in contrast to Donkey Dog. Nothing along those lines happens in Fractured Inheritance. We already know that Camilla is uh, horrible and that their parents are responsible for all this. So the resolution therein is, while touching and really heartwarming, doesn't really change anything about what we know about her or about Tahani. And the same thing's true with Eleanor and her mom, who has changed, but we just haven't spent enough time with Eleanor's baked-in-the-Arizona-desert-dirtbag mom that it really matters. And watching Eleanor come to grips with that also just doesn't feel like a thing, basically. So it just it's a fine episode. There's some good jokes. Like I like the fact that Michael designed this beautiful building but forgot to put in any bathrooms and he likes to sit on the thing to really shoot one out i mean it's good it's good but it's also like there's there's not enough in the episode i think to sustain the actual plots and so i, I finished the episode and just went oh well that wasn't the best it's fine, but it wasn't the best. And I've I've talked a little bit, and so I'm gonna let you talk now and take a sip of my ginger ale. <laughs> yeah, it's um, this th- this should be more. It's fine. It's a perfectly fine episode of television, and the Good Place is never a perfectly fine episode of television. It is interested in being so much more. And uh, yes, there are funny moments, but we're also so far ahead of the characters. Uh, and I never feel like I'm ahead of the good place. So it, when we're just like, when are we going to, or when are, when is Eleanor going to figure out that this is for reals? Like that, that that's going to happen. When is that happening? Is it, oh, it's happening at minute 27 of 30 or whatever it is, you know? And the same thing with Tahani, like they're just so, t- there's no twist. There's nothing new. There's nothing different. There's nothing uh, like there aren't layers of meaning or things you can think about in relation to what they do. It is very cut and dry and uh, very uh, straightforwardly paced and, and all of that very set up punchline. And for a different show, this would be a good episode for the good place. This is a disappointing episode and hopefully not uh, the template for where we'll be for like a couple, another couple episodes so that they can twist things in the last few. Um, I'm hoping they're like, okay, everybody's done one. So now like new thing. And I really was not excited by the twist at the end where it seems like the way they're going to pivot things is by, by Michael telling Eleanor that in uh, some of the reboots, she and Chidi were very much in love. 
And that it felt very forced. It felt very obligatory OTPing. Um, and I don't think it is meaningful because I don't think they've built up anywhere near the kind of dynamic they need to for us, for this to make sense, for it to be something that Michael says. I think if it was something that he said, uh, I realized probably something else I should tell you is that we rebooted and you had, you, you, you're this group, right. Of people, you have had all sorts of different experiences in one reboot. You and Chidi were desperately in love in another reboot. You and Tahani were soulmates in another reboot. Like, like there's so many, it was a golden retriever. I mean, what do you want from me? I was desperate. The notion that that is the, the one that he tells her about, he doesn't tell her about all the other ones where they weren't or where they never had, or like where, it was, it was unrequited feelings one way or another underlines the idea that that is the correct yeah you know reboot or whatever and i think that that is simplistic uninteresting and far too basic for this show so uh i just it came out of the blue it didn't feel earned and again i just good place i expect so much more from you yeah, and I think even, like, structurally, there's an issue with this, particularly this season, where they're ending on these sorts of, like, cliffhanger or surprises, air quotes, to drive things forward. Um, that works when it's, like, a big thing, like, a door into another dimension, but doesn't work as well when it's something like this. And it just, it feels, it increasingly feels a little cheap. Um, when the twist doesn't necessarily alter everything, especially when you put it in the context that you just put it in. Of Right, it happened this one time, but it doesn't mean that's going to happen every time because it didn't happen every time. And while there are certainly signs that Eleanor has, like this iteration of Eleanor, if we want to say that, has deep feelings for Chidi, the degree to which they are deep and the, the depths that they're running in has not been established in any way, shape, or form, really. And so it's really difficult to reconcile that this is a twist for that versus the fact that they haven't really spent enough time to develop that. Yeah. Well, if anything, it should be more of a conversation about they had all these hundreds of different, like, iterations of meeting each other. And what does that say about about the nature of love that it's not like yeah. they're always drawn together, but it's, it, it's a much more experientially based thing. So when this happens and this happens and this happens, it causes you guys to create, it caused you guys to create this kind of dynamic. Um, but that underlines then how rare and specific that kind of a connection is mm-hmm. that it's not just these two people in any situation are going to be drawn towards each other. It's no, these people who have made these choices, you know, and I think that's actually makes it much more powerful and meaningful and thoughtful but this is that's not what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that's coming in the next episode. That could be how they start the next episode, which he goes, what? It could be. And then they yeah. go, well, yeah, but keep in mind, you also hated each other in uh, 200, epi- 200 reboots. And then yeah. this, you know, like, who knows uh, yeah. what they're going to do. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that it wasn't just me. I was just, I was like, oh, I feel like a downer. And I don't like feeling like a downer about The Good Place because it's just usually such a terrific show. So yeah. Hopefully they got another. Hopefully. I mean, they Not definitely have more cards up their sleeves. So yeah. Hopefully it's coming soon. Yeah. Let's move on to the week in drama. And the first one we have here is, well, the main 
element for the weekend drama is Bodyguard, which is a new show on Netflix. This is a UK show that actually was a huge hit over there, huge ratings in the UK that got acquired by Netflix. It stars Richard Madden, who people know, of course, as Rob Stark from Game of Thrones, but using his actual accent and clean shaven. <laughs> I would not be surprised if some of the people watching did not connect him at all to Rob Stark just because it's not shaggy bearded dude. Uh, and, and he just sounds so different, but he plays a, a vet from Afghanistan, I believe, who, uh, ends up reassigned, who's a police officer who ends up assigned to be the bodyguard of the home secretary. And, uh, uh, which is, I believe like the UK secretary of state. He was high up government official in the UK, uh, whom he does not share. Uh, many politi- many political uh, threads with, and so that's a point of tension. Um, but there is a terror threat in the UK, so the security is 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 boosted up, and there's there's more things going on. Um, this is really well done. It's six episodes, and the pacing for it is terrific. The like every other episode usually I think had a really gripping and suspenseful sequence. The opening of the first episode, like just check out the first episode if you are not sure whether you want to watch this. And if you respond positively to the first 10 minutes, 20 minutes of of the the pilot or the premiere, I should say, then you're probably going to want to watch the whole thing. Uh, Because for me, it was, I was, I, I, they finished this opening kind of sequence or just, Thing that's going on and it's pretty it starts out really low-key and then I, and, and then I, I got super sucked in i was trying to do work while i was watching and i couldn't do that i started doing the work and then i got sucked in and then i they the situation resolves and they continue on with the episode and i uh i look at the i looked at the clock and it had been 20 minutes i was like holy crap okay well done show. <laughs> I was completely engrossed with this situation for a solid 20 minutes. And I think that this is basically, um, without all the globe trotting, this is what I would have hoped that the new Jack Ryan would be. It's much more interesting. It's much more one-on-one because it is the, the guy who's the bodyguard for the home secretary. So like there's an individual, like potential terror threats and emotional entanglements and like he's got a strained relationship with his wife and he's got two kids and and there's all these other things and you know he's uh, dealing with ptsd like there's a lot of things going on um but as far as the genre and the the thriller element of it it was the suspense element it was so much better no comparison really like don't watch that watch this (laughs) sort of where i'm at with it however uh i i have uh skeptical raised eyebrow and concerns about something that is uh like that comes up in the last episode uh t- towards the end of the season um but i can't talk about it until people have seen it so uh <laughs> if you want to watch it no we could talk about that as a like a season spotlight and really dive in but uh, i can't say anything else about I, I so i have a qualified like a endorsement for this but a, I qualify it in a way that I cannot specify without kind of throwing off your viewing experience. It's not like a okay. twist or a spoiler, but it's like, can't really say anything more than that. And yeah, and, until people have seen it. So do if you're looking for Thriller, do go check it out. Like I said, uh, Richard Madden is really, really good. Yeah, like he's so much better here than he was. Like I know some people really liked him in Game of Thrones, but... 
I think I think he's way better when he can use his actual accent. I believe that is is his actual accent, and I will feel really stupid if it's not. But I'm pretty sure that's his actual accent, and I it really frees him up to 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 emote. I think the stuff what he does with the PTSD works really really well. Um, there was there's a something a development that happens uh, end of episode one, middle of episode two, somewhere in there uh, that I was like really show, but I feel like they they earned it, like it ended up not going where I thought it would, um, which was reassuring. Um, so it makes some good decisions and, and it was just super addictive, good TV. And I could totally see why this was such a rating smash in the UK. So, um, yeah, I don't want to say any, anything else. So is that, is, have you heard about this one? I saw a trailer for it. Uh, Netflix like autoplayed one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then I didn't do anything else to seek it out, uh, just because it looked like it looked like Jack Ryan type stuff to me, yeah. and I just went, I'm not interested. Yeah. Uh, but based on your praise, I will try this out next week. Okay, let me know what you think when when you yeah. when you watch the first episode. I will be very interested. Yeah. So, anyways, okay, let's move on to Doctor Who, Arachnids in the UK. Mostly, we're talking about this, so I can say two things. I continue to love the way they are directing and shooting the show this season with all the close-ups and with the visual choices. So actually three things. That was the first thing. The second thing, terrible structural choice to just never resolve the situation with the spiders and to, I guess, just let the spiders all suffocate or to death or just starve to death was fucking terrible so in my head the doctor managed to contain them and then beam them to their own planet where they could live you know i don't know how they're going to live without just completely destroying an ecosystem but the doctor doctored it and you know or shrunk them back down i don't know or at the very least if they're gonna die don't have them starve to death and call that a natural death that's terrible Anyways, uh, and then the third thing, ah, spiders, girls. Ah, ah. Okay, that's where I'm at with arachnids in the UK. I like that they didn't mention Metabolus three, which you won't know what that means, but that was that was, they they kind of side mentioned it, which was nice. But I like that it wasn't related to Metabolus three. Um, it's a classic Who thing with the giant spiders. Um, and Chris North was was fun. I'm glad that they mentioned that tr- Trump actually exists in this universe and. He wasn't supposed to just be Trump. Uh, that's all I got. What'd you think? I, I, I thought it was fine. Um, mostly what I really appreciated about this episode was the end in which the doctor is very much like, I really can't guarantee that you're going to come out of this alive in any way, shape or form. Are you really sure you would like to do this? And I watched this episode with my person. She just looked at me and went, this is the most into consent the doctor has ever been. <laughs> definite like it's like it was, it was like oh you're learning after yeah. thousands of years well depending on how you look at the timeline even longer after so long you finally are learning that is terrific thank of course it takes a female doctor for us to get to that but i think that's also very clearly a, a showrunner choice of that's something yes. chibnall wanted to specifically outline um i thought that it just as a way to to bring the companions in it worked so well. Uh, I, the stuff with Graham, I thought, was particularly striking. Um, it's very... The stuff they're doing with Yes is very Martha Jones. So hopefully yeah, they will give her more specificity. But um, but I really love the stuff with with uh, with Graham and with Ryan. I mean, like, why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah, no. It's. I think that that's the really my takeaway with this episode is the 
the making sure that the companions are going to stick around sort of thing. And I really like how that comes about through, oh, no, we've got we've got weird shit here in Sheffield, too, that we deal with. But that means that there's also even more weird shit out there. Mm-hmm. And so that 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 ability to go and explore the universe um, comes through really nicely here, I think. And so I really like that. I also I appreciated their whole. Oh, no, you've only been gone for like 30 minutes. Of course, you don't have any messages. I'm just like, that's very cute. I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I also really liked that it's not some alien thing. Right. No, it was deeply, deeply human yeah. type of thing. Like, we we screwed this up. We messed this up. This is on us. Yeah. Um, and we're just going to let it all die in a panic room that Chris Knott's sort of Trump but not Trump built. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which I also didn't buy that they could all fit in that panic room. Nope, but I didn't either. Don't think about that, I guess. Uh, yeah. The, But yeah, having such a mundane source of the issue, I think, worked really, really well. Having, and especially following up from Rosa, and having then, there obviously there's a time traveler. But again, it's very mundane things that they're trying to resolve. It's It gives more variety. Uh, yeah. Then always aliens. Look, it's Daleks again. <laughs> They're always trying to invade the Earth. That that that's a, a homegrown issue or problem. You know, it, it, it for classic fans, right? Obviously, there's idea like the Green Death is evoked here, and those though the spiders are really creepy. I don't know if they're as creepy as the giant maggots from Green Death, which Noel, <sighs> gross. The Green Death giant maggots are really gross. They're really bad. That was the um. A third doctor environmental, like, you know, don't pollute our mm-hmm. earth kind of episode, like message episode. But, um, okay. it's really gross. But, um, so this, but it's just, yeah, I thought that the way that they handled the spiders worked really well. And the, I like that they, they really are just happy killing people this season, aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. they're suffocated to death. Nobody gets like, cause spiders, right? They, they cocoon them and they don't kill them right away necessarily. They, they might. Sometimes they, like, inject them with goo and then it melts them and then they take a straw and drink them out later, you know? But um, for this, I would have expected in a different era of the show for at least, like, was it Peter or the, the, or Kevin? I don't know, the the bodyguard, right? Because it was so recent. Yeah, because he was so recently, I think, for him to have actually been saved in a different era of the show that would have happened. Um, Or or the, the niece's wife. Um, Frankie, maybe, uh, Freddie, uh, but, sh- but they didn't do that here. Just like they re- they're like, we're definitely going to kill that kindly construction or security guard, you know? Um, so I wonder if that's going to be a bit of a trend as well. Um, any other thoughts on, you know, Yaz's family or the ghost? I, I, I Nan, I understand why, I understand why Yaz, um, wanted to leave. <laughs> I would too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i liked i liked her mom though that was nice and yeah. i, I like the dubstep solution too i love that like that's the kind of character specificity i appreciate hopefully they will continue carrying it through with mm-hmm. with ryan but it's like like he's he was so excited about the dubstep and everybody else is like oh, God, really well it seems to be working so i appreciated that um yeah so what is the, the next one's in a spaceship again right that's i i don't it's like some sort of hospital ship i think I imagine that there'll be some NHS sort of commentary. <laughs> Very likely. Yeah, more on that. 
next episode. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, so far I'm really enjoying this season of Doctor Who, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Only ten episodes, we're almost to the halfway point. So so far they're off to a pretty good start, I would say. Legends of Tomorrow had Witch Hunt, uh, including which get, gets the gang together. So Constantine's on the ship now, uh, and then they found reason for Nate to not be, which I think was a smart move. And fleshing out the Time Bureau over there, which gives us more time with Ava, but also, you know, lets us keep Gary around for a while longer. Yep. I thought that this was just the right blend of ridiculous and uh, the, the the emotional with the you know, with threat, threaded emotional with serious history and awareness, along with just absolutely silly and, and Ray as a pig uh, somehow communicating with Nate, but apparently not able to communicate with Nate's dad. <laughs> it was just, it was just really, I, I think a good blend and the, the, the respect played page Zari's emotional journey, particularly at the end with, uh, with Sarah, I thought worked really, really well. And the, the thread with Nate, I think also, I think they earned him kind of backing away from the ship at least for now. I think I think it just all kind of came together in a really nice way. And plus, we got to have fun with Baby Bobby Boo. Yeah. Um, I think that the, this episode is just... I, 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 I think the episode overall is fine. Um, like, the the fairy godmother witch trial stuff I, is doesn't really compel me as much as I was hoping it was going to. Um, but I really give the episode props for being as really well balanced as it is and its ability, like you said, to organically keep Nate at the time bureau, which in turn keeps Ava and Gary sort of circulating, but also allows Nate's storyline to continue in a way that makes sense. Um, Especially if he's going to stick around in 2018, he needs, he needs money. It's expensive (laughs) when you don't have a food synthesizer to do everything for you. And, um, but then on top of being, like you said, carrying through like, uh, Zari's, uh, emotional journey and that moment with Sarah, I think is probably like the best part of the entire episode, apart from, apart from Nate and Ray being able to communicate despite one of them being a pig. Um, it's just so touchwarming, it's touchwarming, heartwarming and touching that it's just really, really sweet. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a well-balanced episode. I don't think it's a particularly good episode, but I think it's a really well-balanced episode. Um, the only thing I'm already ready for, and you were ready for it like at the end of the premiere, and I'm ready for it now, is just like, no, I just need to know who's after Constantine, and we can just call it, because if the fairy godmother already knows, we should all know. <laughs> yeah, and, and just not... I like that they just... <sighs> The knuckle bones are just in the ship. Don't ask. Don't worry about it. That's done. You know, like, I love that. I thought that, that we figured out a way to j- jerry-rig all of this into a tech, tech, technology thing. I just went, this is good. I like this. This is yeah. fine. This is the, the correct way to go. <laughs> Same thing is true with Constantine. No secrets, everyone. No, like, you know, dark brooding. I They can never know. Like, none of that. Just out in the, out in the open and deal with it. That's the best way to go. So hopefully the show knows that and we won't have too much longer of foreboding. That's not really meaningful or successful. They're not, they're not nailing the foreboding thing as well as they think they are. So hopefully that comes to an end in the next episode. Uh, Speaking of foreboding, let's move on to Supergirl. That's our last episode for the week in TV. And this is man of steel. And I think, yeah, I really appreciate it. I really liked uh, Caroline Cita, a friend of the show, Caroline Cita's review of this over at the AV Club. Yes. And I think that uh, she really captured 
some of the things that this episode does really well and some of the questions that I still think it, it raises. I think the biggest thing for me, and I should have his name in front of me, but I don't, is that I think the, the guy playing Captain Liberty, is that Agent Liberty Agent Liberty. Sam, Sam Whitwer. Sam Whitwer. He crushed this episode. And yes. he is the reason that this episode, I think, works really well. There's a lot of other reasons I, that I, things I liked about it, um, particularly in the writing and the use of the recurring characters and the jumping around at time. Uh, Xander Berkeley, terrific as the dad, too. But, um, like, go read Caroline's review, because I think she nails it. Uh, this, for me, could have gone so wrong. I've seen this episode, like this version, like this kind of a thing, on several different shows. And this is the best version of it that I've seen. I actually pretty much bought the progression. And I think that the show for Supergirl did a good job of showing where he, where that character progression is going and why it makes sense to him without agreeing with him, but also without condemning him in a really ham-fisted, simple way. Um, which this is not a subtle show. <laughs> it's not interested in subtlety. So I actually kind of expected uh, a harder pushback from the show than we got and that may be coming but i think mostly i think this is a again like you said for legends this is a balanced show a balanced episode and uh for like the just the action versus the the just like the character beats and, and how it all progresses i think it actually works really well so i am very interested to see what comes next uh what what did you think of man of steel um so i i really and I, I second like the impulse to go read Caroline's review. It's really good, and is a really good take on the episode because like I was like halfway through the episode and I just went, "Are we gonna, are we gonna be made to feel sympathetic for this guy?" Because like I a I knew he was like Agent Liberty because I knew that they had cast Sam Witwer for this. Uh, he of par- sexy paramedic slash Doomsday fame from Smallville. Um, <laughs> why they ever attempted to do that um i didn't even watch it i just know from people telling me about it that it was bad um that i was worried about that i was worried about like i don't i don't really want to on both sides sort of situation yeah. here yeah. um with this character especially after he killed vicky i don't i just know no um <laughs> that's not a good way to make me feel sympathetic um so I was relieved when the episode doesn't do that. When there's a really clear sort of indication of like, yeah, no, we're going to show you the process in which this happens, but we're not going to make it okay. We're not going to say this This is an understandable impulse. And we're going to say this is a bad impulse. Yeah. We're going to do it very gently, but it also leads to him murdering a person. Yeah. So it's not well, a like, good impulse. <laughs> like this is how he thought these were his only choices. Yes. There were yeah. plenty of other choices, but yeah. he didn't see them. And right. that is and, why he ended up where he did. Right. And as Caroline like points out in her view, is that he even skews his own history to justify things of like, no, Xander Berkeley's character made the decision to go die in that factory. The yeah. aliens did not make him do it in any way, shape, or form. That was yeah. his choice. Yeah. Uh, but he and skews yet, that later. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He skews that later to justify himself. Um, and his actions. So I think that there's there's a really solid like deft through line in this episode that you are correct that Whitweer really carries a lot of that. Um, and he has to because he's in every friggin' scene. Like this is it. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's just such sort of a delicate approach. I do agree with like Caroline's review that because of how they're compressing time, it feels like it happens really, really quickly in a way that doesn't totally work. Mm-hmm. Um, his radicalization. Um, but I'm, a, I'm making allowances for it just because a, they are compressing a timeline, but B, I think that there is also just the writing and the performance is strong enough that you can get away with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's just a really smart episode here that I was also like initially like 15 minutes into it. I was just like, I don't need this. I don't need an origin for Agent Liberty here mm-hmm. um, because I don't, I don't care. I really just want an origin story for the, for the Graves siblings <laughs> <laughs> who are delightful still. <laughs> um, and, but I think that there's just, it ended up being worthwhile. It ended up being a little more thoughtful than I thought it was going to be, but also true to the show's overall perspective. So I really appreciated that. Yeah. And again, for me, underlining, like, so many shows, many shows have done this kind of an episode and really, like, gilded the lily and just been annoying to watch and just blatantly overdone it. And I thought, I think that I don't need Supergirl to be subtle because that is not what they're interested in doing. And this is not a time in our world where we necessarily need subtlety. The same thing I said about was the, the Doctor Who episode from last week, right? It is not subtle. And and that's okay. I like bring up the music, bring in the Andra Day. And, like sometimes we need not subtle messaging. Uh, but I I think that for this one, I was surprised at the level of nuance that they brought to it. And I think that again, I was really impressed with the balance uh, of the episode. Not of like again, it would it would have been so it's always so tiring when they're like, well, both sides, right? And uh, the, there's a good amount, like the balance of the lack of awareness of uh, Supergirl's team. Uh, you're safe now. Your house is burnt down. Uh, but it can be really easy to remember that, hey, you're not dead when your house is burnt down. <laughs> you know? Um, so, so like, I thought that, like, Alex being a dick, yeah, I buy that. <laughs> it also could be that's how he remembered it. But I also just buy Alex being, she was going through a lot right then, <laughs> you know? It was a very difficult time. Um, so I, I think that, for me, the pacing worked, the balance of how much we got of each character and when. Uh, the Like, the, the little nudges where you're like, oh, no, I mean, like, we know there's nothing to this conspiracy. But, like, I totally get why he thinks there's a conspiracy. <laughs> absolutely oh and now you're telling me that lena luther owns the the biggest paper in the city like and hasn't told people about it what's going on here yeah it it just was um yeah it worked it worked well i thought i also liked what we get with uh with with lena and like they need to just get over like just ha- obviously she knows that Kara is Supergirl. How could she not? How are they going to have her talk on the phone with her through her helmet next week? Be like, yeah, no, I had to go out of town for an article, but I'll totally see you soon once you DC the atmosphere. Like, come on, guys. But I I, I thought that the, what we got with the non-Whitwer part of the episode also worked well and was enough, right? It was a good break from some of the other stories we've been seeing this season. And I would imagine in episode four, we'll be right back to that. Yeah. And um, I also appreciate the fact that they're just going to give her a big mask 
Um, the high <laughs> dark visor, birth. so that we yeah. can just put the stunt double in. Yep, yep. That's Absolutely. that's fine. Show that's fine. <laughs> totally okay with that. Uh, well, what wins your week in TV? There's plenty of other TV we were watching this week, but uh, what wins your week in TV? Right. So I'm going to give an unconventional choice here. Um, I'm going to give it to an episode of television that I actually didn't finish and will never finish. Um, there's an uh, the Haunting of Hill House. So I got to episode six, mm-hmm. and that's um, the okay. That's the one that's supposed to be really good. <laughs> it's very good, Kate. It's excellent. It's really really good. But I, I, we, there's like 10, 15 minutes left on it. I'm not allowed to finish it. I'm not allowed to finish this show. Okay. Um, I got, I got really worked up after this episode. So I'm not allowed to finish the show. Because <laughs> um, I didn't sleep for, well, I slept, but I didn't sleep well for like two days. Okay. Um, so I'm not allowed to watch the show anymore. But Two Storms is a really good episode that deals with um, a lot of the central tensions of the show, specifically like about grief. It's done in a series of um, obviously digitally stitched together one takes, but it's really overall effective. And it's also sort of like the first time since the premiere that, spoiler, that you get to see Timothy Hutton. Because mm. um, he shows up in the premiere and then structurally he just kind of di- needs to disappear for a little while because they have bigger things to do. But it's the first time Hutton really gets to do a lot of work and he's obviously phenomenal. But it's also the first time that the entirety of the cast is together pretty much. And that is also really, really great, especially in the way that they stage it. Um, I have not really seen a lot of Mike Flanagan stuff, but this is he's got a really good eye. And he and his DP should be commended for the overall scope of this show based on the six episodes that I watched. But also just this episode in particular, I think, is really well done. Um, so that's two storms. So I'm going to give it to that, even though I don't get to finish it or the show, because okay. I would like to I would like to sleep. Um, but what about you? What won your week in TV? Well, I'm a little torn because either Supergirl or Bodyguard. Uh-huh. Uh, those, those are the ones where I was watching and I went to update your know, notes and was like, we're definitely talking about this. And I'm definitely talking about that. Um, I guess because of that end of season question mark I have about Bodyguard, I'm going to give it to Supergirl. But because uh, I have been thinking about that this week, too, as, mm-hmm. like since I watched it. So there are other episodes that are more fun and there are other episodes that are, uh, you know, have better Halloween. There's some nice Halloween themed viewing uh, this week. But, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about Supergirl Man of Steel more. So, so yeah, go honorable mention to Bodyguard, but I'm going to give it to Supergirl. Now we'll take a break and come back with our season spotlight on the chilling adventure. Just not the, but just chilling adventures of Sabrina. Season one will be right back after this. In the town of Greendale, where it always feels like Halloween, there lived a girl who was half witch, half mortal, who, on her 16th birthday, would have to choose between two worlds, the witch world of her family and the human world of her friends. And that girl is me. Are you willing to forsake the path of light and follow the path of night? Sabrina, you're going to die, Asprey. Girls, girls, 
Let's not be catty bitches. Hmm? It's just that you've grown up before my very eyes. You're a rebel spoon. That's how I like my witches. I'm not an evil person. But these are desperate times. <laughs> That was a trailer for season one of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and we are back with the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsley, transmitted by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, we talked briefly about the the first episode last week. We heard from our listener Vince, who did not really enjoy the first episode, um, and wanted to know, you know, does it get better? Uh, what do you think? And we're going to get into spoilers, but before we do that, let's do like a again like a brief spoiler free section for people who might not have caught up with this one yet. I didn't know how to respond to Vince because I was like, well, I liked the first episode and I feel like the rest of it is in a very similar vein. So if you didn't like the first episode, probably it's not for you, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. If you don't like the premiere, then this is not a show that you are going to be particularly compelled by. Um, I like the premiere. I thought the premiere was solid. Um, But as I kept watching the show, I just kind of kept like, losing a little bit of interest mm-hmm. as it progressed. So I think that there's really good elements in this show, uh, particularly like from the performers. And I think that there's a lot of really good th- sort of thematic work being done here on a number of levels. But I don't know that the show is necessarily all that entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's that's a weird sort of state to be in with a show like this, where I don't think that this is a particularly entertaining show. I think it's a mostly thoughtful show barring one very giant exception and i think that there's good stuff here but i also don't think there's anything where i'm just like yeah you should watch it and that's that's disheartening for me to say because i wanted to like it but then there were just elements of it where i just went no this is fine but it's not i'm not compelled to keep going basically yeah it was it was interesting we'll have when we get well we'll have I'm you know freer reign to speak when we get to our spoiler section. But yeah. There for me, I I liked some of the performances. I like many of the performances, I should say. I liked some of the ideas. I liked some of the thematic issues that they were really exploring. I liked the 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 set design and the costuming, the production choices. I liked some of the standalone episodes and uh I think I like the show it wants to be by the end of season two or three. Yeah. But that's a big problem for me. You've got to like, you've got to have a plan for season one to be satisfying. And that yeah. takes and me. Yeah. It's not, there, it's, there's not one here. No, it's not satisfying. Like there's individual stuff, especially if you're a fan of the, the character or the comics or these actors, like there's certain things that you can absolutely engage with but it does not feel like a complete season despite absolutely having a point a and going directly to point like that is there's a clear progression and a plan but 
there are so many things and a big one is i guess we should wait until the spoilers for that is this thing i was hinting at last week um there's a big huge thing they don't do in season one that they needed to do in like episode two of season one and uh nets tell us why like why all this focus on sabrina and we get hints toward uh, at it and they never they, they never tell us and so if you're watching this first episode going like, okay, when are we going to find out what's up with Miss Wardwell? What, like her motivation? Oh, we aren't. Listener, that will not happen. You will not be given an answer other than the Dark Lord says so for the entire season. It is so unsatisfying. So I could see very much that the end of season two or three or whatever their plan is could be very satisfying. But I needed more of these mini payoffs over the course of this season and certainly by the end of the season. And I don't think they come. Um, so, you know, in, in the multi-season binge model, especially if they knew they were being picked up for multiple seasons, or like they were very likely to get picked up for another season with Kieran Shipka, that seems likely, you know? Um, yeah. I can understand why they do that, but I mean, show creators, I need, I need more. I need more of a, why did I watch this? By the end of your first season. Right now I feel like I could have just like read synopses. And jumped in at season two. I think that's fair. I think that's really really fair. And your your point about their. Your struggle of there being a point in season one. Is like the big thing that I ended up with. Is like. Okay. I get that they want this progression. That they want to hammer home. But then by the end. When you get to that end progression. When you get to that like last little bit. Um, in the finale, it's just like, I don't understand why that happens. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand why. Like, I literally don't. Yeah. And it's really, it's really frustrating. Um, because I don't know, I don't really totally understand the journey part of it. And they don't include the rules either. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, that's a thing that I guess happened. And now that's, that's the status quo for season two that I'm not going to watch. <laughs> well, I mean, they could have, I feel like the the finale is supposed to be epic. And I do feel like there's some significant stuff there. But that could have been episode three. Yeah, it could have. And it kind of maybe should have been. Yeah. And like, they needed to get certain characters to a certain place. But each of the individual characters that we follow didn't need 13 episodes to get there. And I feel yeah, like well, I mean, they also only got 10. Oh, sorry, 10. They didn't need 10 episodes. Thank you. They didn't need 10 episodes to get there. Um, and they could, like, there were some good character stuff that I appreciate getting, you know, a chance to breathe, particularly around the friends. But most of it, while I, like, while I was watching, it felt like a slog. And if anything, this should, the chilling, or chilling adventures of Sabrina should not be a slog. And, you know, I was listening to Extra Hot Great, which is a lovely TV podcast put up, put out by the people over at previously.tv. Um, and one of them said, one of the hosts or the guests said, when they're talking about this, it either needed to be darker and creepier or funnier. Either yeah. way. Yes. And I wholeheartedly agree. It was not funny enough. And they didn't want to commit to how dark it is. And that is a problem. Like. I feel like this is safe to say. Like in the pilot they talk about. Like we haven't had long pig. 
in so long. They eat people. And yeah. and there's never any sort of a sense given why is it okay to be a witch? If they yeah. eat people, like they're trying to play as just like another religion and this kind of stuff. And there's some really good threads there. And we'll talk about that when we get to spoilers because we can dive in more. But they needed to make the choice to like, like if, if they eat people, there's no chance they haven't fed people to Sabrina. And I yeah. don't know whether she knows that. I would imagine she does, but I, I don't know how they would hide that. But then how is it possible? How is it well, possible? Well, Hannibal did a really good job. So to to like to to combine these, you know, or to have it be like a a choice that you can do, you know what I mean? Like they want to play mm-hmm. with all of this like the the comedy or of like having them just they have there's just like very straightforward religion threads, but it's, you know, oh well, pre Satan. You know, they want to just have fun with that, but then they don't possibly connect you know, the thread of, of, of Sabrina's father and what he must've meant for the church and what, like all these other things, like they don't earn it. And, yeah. uh, there's other things that are good. The performances are good. I really like Miranda Otto. Uh, Lucy Davis is lovely, particularly when they actually give her stuff to do. Um, I really liked Ambrose, the, the cousin character. And I thought that the workaround they give him so to kind of, give the character more flexibility with um, what he's like, where, what scenes he can be in works well later in the season. Um, I liked Harvey for the most part. I liked the friends for the most part. I really enjoyed Bronson as the principal. Um, What are things that you liked? Are there things that you liked? You listed the other things I liked. (laughs) Okay. Um, So yeah, no chance Perdomo who plays Ambrose is really good. He's the breakout. Um, I would say. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I think there's there's a really good character and actor in there that really kind of helps. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that there, I, I think everything that you just said is correct. Um, so it's it's just a struggle. And I think like the big thing to note, and you were mentioning like this uh, refusal to kind of commit one way or the other to the horror or the comedy is uh, I told my person I had kept going and was watching this, and she just went, but I heard that this got kind of scary. Are you sure this is okay? And I just went, oh, no, it's fine. There's absolutely nothing scary in this show whatsoever. Um, and that's that's kind of the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But there's also not enough, like, camp either is the other problem. Like, there's the food, there's the eating the person sequence, which feels a little campy, but not campy enough. Yeah. And that's sort of like the larger problem is like, there's not enough, there's either not enough darkness, there's not enough humor, or there's just not enough camp that makes you kind of like laugh in terror sort of thing. Yeah. So it just ends up feeling all samey, which is not what you want for a show like this, I, I think. That being said, thank goodness it's only 10 episodes, not 13. Yeah, no, thank goodness, yeah. Yeah, Netflix, please keep doing that 10 episode thing. It is working much better for you than the 13 episode thing. Yeah. And this could have been fewer, but still. Yeah, it could have been eight. Yeah, <laughs> it could have. This season could have been four. Yeah. But that's okay. Now, okay, now on to the spoilers, because there's some other stuff I, I want to talk about, but I'm tired of tap dancing around it. Um, it. Would you, if people haven't seen it yet, would you recommend it or no? No, no, I wouldn't. I'll no. go, go watch something else. Go watch Hilda instead. 
<laughs> if you are engaged by the topic or the visuals or uh, like the the character, if you have a connection to Sabrina, if you want to see Karen and Shipka, I think she gets she's good. I don't think she gets enough variety of stuff to play. Uh, it's, it's a whole season of setup and waiting for her to finally get to do some other things. She does a few things in this season, but the character is going to get more range in next season. And that's what I'm looking forward more to what's going to happen next season than what we got this season. Um, then check it out. And if you watch, if you're not sure, then like, if you're just kind of vaguely curious, then honestly, you can kind of just read recaps <laughs> or, or watch the first episode. And if you're on the fence still, you know, you can go do a little scroll down Wikipedia, see if you actually are interested in watching more of it. Um, now let's dive into spoilers. Okay, so Noel, uh, they needed to buy episode two. Tell us what the prophecy was, right? There's some prophecy about Sabrina, which we eventually yeah. learn through like a offhand comment that's clearly very intentional by the writers uh, from Miss Wardwell about some prophecy. I needed to know what that prophecy was so that I gave any number of shits, because I gave zero, zero, any number of shits, why we were actually, like, why it was so important that this one person signed the book and become beholden. Also, um, I needed some sense of the rules and how the covens work. It's like, so they have their coven. They, there's different covens that have different names. Do they all pray to the same Dark Lord? Or do they have different dark lords that they pray to? Are there more than one dark lord throughout the, the the planet? Like when these people come from different covens, are they making the same vow? Is it the same book? What is going on? I should know that. And the show should know that. And I don't know if they do. Yeah. So prophecy first is like the, there are two bad things about this. The first is that it's, it's dangerous it's not dangerously, it's just frustratingly opaque until the end. Mm -hmm. And the realization that the Dark Lord is, we're interpreting slash Wardwell slash Madam Satan, mm -hmm. is uh, interpreting this as wanting Sabrina to basically rule at his side, to be the queen of hell. Um, and the reasons for this are completely unclear, but that's, the reasons for that being unclear are fine for me. The that we don't know that until the end of it basically is really annoying. Well, um, and I don't think that's but, the prophecy. I think that's yeah. just like the prophecy is something else. And the the prophecy means she's gonna be really powerful, which is yeah. why he wants her beholden to him to control her, right? Yeah. Sure. We can infer that. And then, then Warbill has or you know, man Madam Satan, whatever, she has her own issues with that. But like you gotta tell us the prophecy in the first season. Yeah. Um, so, but then the second, and I think the larger issue is that this just saddles Michelle Gomez mm -hmm. with just having to play the same thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. And that's not good for anyone. <laughs> and that is, like, really frustrating because you can just see her wanting to let loose. And the, the writing doesn't allow her to let loose. It doesn't allow anyone to really let loose. And that's also like a larger problem is that, like you said, Shipka has to play basically the same beat over and over and over again to nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's really frustrating. But the same is also true of like Gomez. Uh, it's also true of Miranda Otto, who plays Zelda, because 
God, Zelda does the same thing every episode, and there's no variation on it whatsoever, and it's really, really frustrating. And Coyle has Richard Coyle, who plays uh, Faustus, has the same issue as well. And it's just like, wait, no, this is the this is the guy from Coupling. He should be getting more to do. <laughs> I thought for me there was more for Zelda. I actually was really compelled by her arc and this like it seemed to me like the show was actually kind of a commentary on uh evangelical culture and like yeah, i was no, recognizing so many things about uh ex-evangelicals as uh which is a term i learned from following friend of the show uh dr elizabeth bridges on on uh twitter um and like all like there was some, there's some really great stuff there happening with zelda and her relationship to the church and all this like other stuff that i think is actually really meaty that they start to go to, but they don't completely commit again by the end of the first season. Right. Like I wanted to fast forward through the beginning of the first season so we could get to the second season and where things are going to go. And I, yeah, Coyle is terrific and good at what he's playing, but what he's playing by the end of the season actually is less interesting and straightforward. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I again, I just want to skip forward. For how much more powerful and interesting would would Gomez her performance have been if they hadn't tipped their hand in the first episode and you spent like imagine if we actually had her as a straight up um hero and supporter and like someone, you know, and then they tipped it at the end yeah. and we got that sense of betrayal. Like if we could actually have Sabrina's perspective um, in relation that in that dynamic in that relationship, I actually think it would have been a much more compelling mm-hmm. end of end of season. You would have sacrificed, you know, your spooky stuff, and you're like, oh no, will they figure like? But I wasn't engaged in that anyways. Yeah. So I would have I would have been more much more fun to watch Gomez play it straight, and then you look back and maybe there's little tiny things because if you ask her to do little tiny things she can she's playing it huge here but she can and then that's a much more interesting you know performance to engage with and think about as opposed to what she is here which is like you said she keeps asking you to do the same thing over and over and over again and it's like when uh, she was on doctor who and i was like okay i think she's terrific i just am bored by missy and they just she's very good at doing what they're asking her to do and when do you, when, when do maybe I don't like Michelle Gomez because she's really good at, at, at this thing that she's doing as Missy and, or here as Wardwell. Um, but I'm completely bored by that thing that she's doing well and the writers aren't giving her more. Um, and so, and I guess there's only so much she can elevate it or maybe she's like, that's, she's committed to that character and, and a different actor would have brought something different. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, where I'm at with it right now is I think that I actually really like Michelle Gomez. And they need to give her more things to do that are more subtle or more interesting or more nuanced. Because, uh, yes, she's very good at cackling villain. But, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just... Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we can only get so many sly sort of acknowledgments of... I'm going to suck the youth out of this pizza boy mm-hmm. and this football player and use them for sacrifices. Yeah. I mean, that happens like two or three times over the course of like the season. It's just like, that's too, well, that's one time too many regardless yeah. of what my count is. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, oh, but you mentioned the um, evangelical stuff. So let's kind of talk about that because I think that's sort of like the strongest thing about this show um, is its uh, desire to interrogate particularly sort of like the really deep sort of connection to religion and interrogate people's roles within that. And there's interesting stuff there with Sabrina being like, well, why can't I do both? Why do I have to like really commit to this? And also what's this deal with me totally committing to this one person? And this was supposed to be about free will, I thought. Mm -hmm. And so there's a number of like really good discussions and threads happening, I think here, but I also feel like there's nothing really there's not a not strong enough commentary on any of it, I think, to be more than like, this. these are things that we're interested in talking about, but we don't have necessarily perspective on them. And that's that's where I think the show stumbles, especially by the end, where Sabrina has inexplicably joined the sisters in their lace dresses. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, but there are other students here. I've seen them. Yeah. In this very bet, the worst set in the entire show. I've seen these other students here, because um, the academy set is terrible. Everyone, it's really bad compared to everything else. Um, but it's just like I don't understand why she joins up with them when there are plenty of other students there that she can be friends with. Yeah, well, and especially when she's still very much her when she's talking with Harvey. Yes. So it's not like she's had a complete like I thought of uh, Vampire Diaries and. Um, like when the switch, they turn the switch, right? Flip the yeah. switch. And like, then they are the same person, but not the same person at all. Like, I thought that that's what was handled really well in Vampire Diaries, and the, at least particularly when they burned the house <laughs> um, the first time. <laughs> um, but here, she, like, she doesn't even get along with two of the sisters. They just mm-hmm. wanted the visual, so they did the visual. Yes. But they, they didn't earn it. Also, um, the. I think they have things that they're going to explore and say, but they're not doing them until season two or season three when they upset the, you know, the patriarchy, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's what it's all about. It's about containing female power. If you know, there's like at this school, there's like a guy, right? There's theoretically yeah. warlocks, but there's very few. There's way more women. Um, and like all of the, well, why does the sacrifice always a woman? Because the Dark Lord deems it so, don't think about that move right along. Like, there's all of these threads like that that are just very clear that they're gonna then confront and, and have a deeper conversation with in season two. Yeah. But why are we waiting too long? Why are we waiting so long? You didn't need a whole 10 episodes to set all of that up. And I'm, I'm being glib when I say three, so more more than three or four. But like six, right? We didn't need like we cut. We didn't need the thing with Harvey's brother, and they didn't earn that anywhere near well enough. They didn't establish a laissez-faire like kind of relationship with death for Sabrina. The way that the, like that twist is not earned at all with the throat slit. Like you could mm-hmm. see how she could have that relationship with death, death for you know not having really seen much death because she was too young to remember her parents' death and having watching her aunt kill her aunt over and over like. But they didn't earn that. Yeah. No. And and you know. so then having like this huge thing with with Harvey and Tommy and then she's just like smiling and slitting someone's throat. Like, wait, are we not caring about death? Or are we very invested in death with Tommy? Which which one is it? And again, so I think they could have cut a lot of Tommy stuff. They could have cut um they could have just done like 
introduce the cunning, and then we're good to go with that, right? We could have introduced- but then we wouldn't have gotten as much L. Scott Caldwell, so I'm not going to fault them too much for that. Because she's wonderful. But, Don't get me yeah. wrong. <laughs> I, I liked Dolores, right? I liked that Putnam's, like, I like that too. Yeah. But again, they didn't need as many episodes for that. You know, like, a lot of the stuff with um, the, the, with Coyle's character, they could have condensed. Like, a lot of this stuff could have condensed. And then they could actually have the conversations they clearly want to have instead of just like set it, we're going to set it up. We're going to talk about it. this. Is interesting, right? Okay. Yeah. Come back next season. Like, no, no, that's not how this works. Netflix. Right. And that's, and, and that's the problem is like, it's preface. It's introductory as yeah. opposed to a collection of like, I mean, they even use like um, chapters and it's just like, no, this is all just one very large chapter that you're telling me here. Yeah. Um, because it's not, there's not enough of a payoff, like you said, episode to episode mm-hmm. to justify there being chapter breaks. Yeah. Um, especially when it feels like even when she's sort of, even when Sabrina's sort of poking at, well, witches don't do exorcisms. And it's just like, well, no, clearly there's a mechanic involved in these, in this that mm-hmm. makes that work. Yeah. Um, that they don't need the false god and his false edicts to mm-hmm. make that okay. It's just, oh, no, there's a totally a way to do it. You just haven't done it. Mm-hmm. But then there's like no, like, oh, we should totally rethink this whole system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and all these teases of like the, basically like the idea that, Sabrina's just grown up in a fundamentalist cult and when her dad was in charge it was much more progressive and then he was killed off and they you know the guy who was the next one the next leader returned to the old way like this idea of like that's not how it's always been there's all these like hints towards that you know Um, which is again something they're gonna deal with in season two (laughs) or season three so I just am more interested in watching season two or season three. Uh, the the twist I am not looking forward to um, is when they reveal that Nick Scratch is the 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 Dark Lord, right? You don't name a right, character well, I, Nick Scratch. Like, how does no one know that this kid's the devil? No one knows. Mm-hmm. But then also no one's heard of Daniel F- Webster either, apparently. apparently. So I'm just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think I like the was... performance of Daniel Weber, and I actually really was engaged by Nick Scratch too. Yeah. I actually thought it was a much more interesting character than some of the other characters that were around. Yeah. He got more to do, and the actor did a good job with what they gave him. Yeah, um, I I, I do want to ask you, mm-hmm. Kate, what's up with Doctor Cerberus's eyes, man? Why why did we cast Alessandro? Um, uh, what's his last name? Um, Gata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gata from Battlestar. I know his first name's Alessandro. I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, he's he's got scary eyes, Kate, and that's so bad. I don't want anything bad to happen to Hilda. <laughs> yeah, well, and the concern to me was not the eyes, but it was like the smirk. Yeah, after they kind of like established their relationship, like, don't you hurt our our Hilda? Not she's cool. already being hurt enough by Zelda. Don't you hurt her too? <laughs> Indeed. Um. So. If it was just the eyes, um, but he still had like like a genuine smile, then I would yeah. be like all for it. But we'll see. No, it's a smirk. Yeah, it's very much a smirk. And you yeah. know, Hilda can't catch a break. Hilda, Hilda no. needs a uh, need, needs a 
good empowering season two. I keep talking about season she two. She needs so to do more than move out of the room. She just needs a whole new house. She does. She does <laughs> need her own space. Um, clearly, listeners, I keep talking about season two. I'm going to be watching season two when it happens. Or maybe I'll just be reading recaps and being like, oh, okay, is this worth my time? Um, I know that this was a much more satisfying viewing experience for a lot of critics, particularly uh, from the jo- show Angelica J. Bastien, uh, who, who wrote a review, I want to see over at Vulture. Um, and really felt the Buffy vibes from this. Um, for me, it just kind of underlined some, it has some of that. It, I feel like it could become that, but there was a level of um, we don't need to yet, sort of, yeah. you know, that was just irritating. Like, go for it. Just talk about what you want to talk about, because who knows if you'll get a season two? Who knows if you'll get, like, week to week, don't save your best idea for three seasons on the line, because what if you get canceled, right? Yeah. So hopefully when I tune back in for season two, cause I'm a sucker, <laughs> it will yeah. be the show that I can see that it could be. Well, hopefully. Um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, you can let me know. I'm not going to come back. Um, yeah. um, let's see. I'm trying to, Oh, I, I teased this. So I should mention this and we should discuss it like real briefly, but, um, maybe let's not ghost lynch. <laughs> yeah you're one per- major person of color character you're like well one of like two or three major persons of color's character let's maybe not ghost lynch her <laughs> yeah um let's not do that that's it felt for a show that wants to interrogate a number of things the fact that they don't interrogate that is really telling to me yeah and that they just went well we've got this really good idea they just hung witches so why don't we do that and no one went, well, maybe we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And did not talk about it. It's a very white show. Mm-hmm. And some of that they're trying to get away with because it's like families. So it's white, like two white families. But no, that's not a good enough reason. No, nope. not a good enough reason. No, I don't so have that more to just... add. <laughs> no, and there's not more to add because it's just such a weird massive like misstep for a show that is otherwise wanting to tap into a number of conversations but is like no that's not a conversation that we're going to tap into and in fact we're going to do the exact opposite yeah and they give shout outs to different witches from all over the world in their yeah. exorcism spell right yes and, and right. that's part Which of the lack of your yeah um, your discussion about well uh, let's talk about all the other sex and covens here please and thank you yeah yeah they really just like yeah they really aren't interested in that and i am i'm because i'm more interested in that than these other things that you're showing so uh, oh well i i still watched watched it all um even if it was a bit of a slog it helped that i was sick and not moving but um (laughs) yeah yeah i but i can't like it's very pretty and it's like I can see why people love it and I can see why people are interested in just on an aesthetic level watching it. And I like the performers and it could become something. And I think this, if this is your lane, you can really connect with it. So watch the premiere. If you're still listening, you probably watched the whole thing, but watch the premiere. And if you like the premiere, keep watching. And if you start to get bored, turn it off. It seems like it's such a basic thing. This is the relationship other people have with television. It's a much healthier relationship. Well, I mean, I I, I stopped watching Hill House because um, I realized it was not good for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and good. but I was also really enjoying that show. But still, it's just like we should be able to stop. 
We should be able to stop. stop. Yeah, Yeah. indeed. And you are stopping with Sabrina and good for you. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways, that wraps up our conversation about season one of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, A few show notes here at the end of the episode. You can find a post for this episode over at theteleverse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV and what you thought of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and everything else that we discussed. You can email us at theteleverse at gmail.com. You can like our page on Facebook, start up a conversation there. You can find us on iTunes with an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. And of course, we are both up uh we are up in stitcher as well and we would appreciate ratings and reviews in itunes or in stitcher or anywhere else that you think the podcast should be let us know and i will i will investigate i will look into it um of course we're both up on twitter i am at the televerse and noel you are at noel rk and uh thank you so much for another delightful episode of uh the televerse and uh knocking on wooden things uh, we'll have a good week next week. So everybody go vote. Oh my God, go vote. If you are listening yeah. to this, vote. Everybody go vote. And, and Kate, this is this is me taking away all your fears of cabinets and putting them onto myself. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Well, maybe it'll be good because it'll like not, I'll, like maybe it'll, the conk on the head will help me get a restful night's sleep because that has not happened most of this week. I wake up and I've clearly been grinding my teeth all night, you know, because I'm oh. just stressed out about... Mm-hmm. Uh, the midterm so anyways okay off to more carpentry thank you noel thank Thank you you, everyone for listening and we'll be back next week another episode of the televerse 